Hi, I'm Liz Stokel. And I'm Debbie Rude. We're Dancing with Skeletons. We know what it's like to keep our past hidden away, like skeletons in a closet. We also know the healing that comes from acknowledging who we used to be and how much we've learned. So every once in a while, we dance with our skeletons. So come dance with us. Good morning, Debbie. Happy birthday month, Liz. Oh, it's my birthday month. You're going to be nope. a certain amount nope. of years young. <laughs> We've talked about it before. I'm going to be 62, and you know, my mom hates to be called old. Yeah. Hates We're it. not old. But, <laughs> but here's the thing, is that I am embracing the maturity mm-hmm. and the wisdom mm-hmm. that comes with being on this little blue ball for as long as I have. Are you embracing the saggy things and the You know what I can't embrace? Things? No. <laughs> you know what I'm struggling with embracing is looking at pictures of me specifically in, in specific light yes. that shows every single line I in my face. Know. And I'm like, what the hell is that? I know. Because mm-hmm. God in his wisdom, gave us fading eyesight as we get older. Right, right, right. And that's why you see uh, elderly women whose makeup is kind of all smeary because that's right. they can't see what's that's going right. on. With the exception of my grandmother, her eyebrows are pristine. She's 105, and I don't know how she gets them on there, but they look really good. So not only do they uh, are they the right shade and the right shape, but... She doesn't, she clearly doesn't shake. They're not crooked. They are not crooked. Grandma, you're a badass. That's awesome. <laughs> well, my my niece, one of my nieces was baptized this past weekend. And so I haven't been in church in several years, actually. I and how was that for you? It, it was a little bit scary when I first walked <laughs> in. It was, and we'll talk maybe a little bit more about how things have changed, you know, language has changed in yeah, our, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of how our language has changed over the last few years. So it was a little bit scary and it wasn't a small church. Yeah. It was an auditorium and it was in Las Vegas. And I think that one of the things that was the most off-putting is that there were Las Vegas police officers oh. in police uniforms like um, security? Security. Oh. As security around the church. Wow. okay. It's it, like, uh, okay. should I be worried about something? And, you know, I'm not a big fan of the police. I mean, that's a story that I've still never told on here, but I have good reasons to not be a fan of the police. Yeah, I understand. And I'm not a fan. And so walking up was just like, uh, what? What am I walking into? You know, I felt like I was, do I have to have my purse checked? What's going yeah, yeah, on? Yeah, you know, yeah, am sure. I going into a U2 concert? Uh, you know. <laughs> um, and so, <clears throat> but we sat down right in front because that's where the baptismal was. It was a, um, like a, like an inflatable pool. Okay. You know? uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And. Um, did they dunk her? They did. They okay. dunked her. Okay. It's a dunk. Uh, it was like a four foot, four feet um, deep kind of pool and it was very good but here's the thing is that the message was about the fact that the church has traditionally not 
been very good at handling people with anxiety, depression, and other forms of mental illness. Oh. And how about if we start doing better? Mm. And I was just like, what? What am I hearing wait, right now? Wait, what? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like something I totally want to be a part of, you know? Yeah, and sure. I probably will go online and listen to the some pastor. more of this. Yeah, some more of this particular series. But my mother, I was going to say, my mother hates, hates to be told that she's old. Okay. Right? She's 86. And... Now, I have to tell you that my seven-year-old grandson calls me an old woman, yeah. and I think it's adorable. Right. Because, of course, I'm an old woman to him. Of course I am. You know, that's Absolutely. okay. And um, so my mother hates it. And so I had made a comment about, you know, being old, whatever. She goes, don't you just hate that? Don't you just hate when people say that to you? I go, no, Mom, I actually don't. I embrace it. So the pastor in this sermon said, now my mother, I've got to tell you, my mother, my, my, uh, I have a sister that lives there in Las Vegas, so she came to the baptism, my brother, my mother, um, my other sister, who is the mother of the niece that got mm -hmm. baptized, and my niece's sister. So it was very much a family yeah, kind of like weekend. Mm -hmm. And it was fun yeah. to do that. But my, um, so I had had this conversation. My mother said, don't you just hate that? And the pastor said, we need older people, don't you think for one minute that you are not valuable because we need to look to you because you have wisdom, you have the tools, you have been, uh, you have gathered tools to get through life's crisis mm -hmm. and we want to know what those tools are. So you have value. Wow. And I go, see, mom, she's sitting next to me. I go, see, you need to embrace being old. And she goes, all right, all right. I'm learning, okay? I'm learning. <laughs> and I just thought that was hilarious. But That's great. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, it there was... is some good things about getting older. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I mean, I wouldn't want it any other way because if you're not What's getting the older, you're dead. Yeah. So, and I'm, and I'm, I'm not ready to be dead. So, right. you know, you know right. I'll, I'll, I'll embrace it as best I can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, what's, yeah, what is, as long we, as I feel okay, right. you know, right. I don't want, every once in a while, I, like, I, we got a new dishwasher, and the dishwasher's lower than the other dishwasher. Mm -hmm. It just sits a little <laughs> bit lower. And I'm like, okay, this, my, my back feels a little bit differently as I'm trying to load these dishes. That's funny. But what am I going to do? I'm not going to. First of all, I need a dishwasher. Right. I'm not gonna. <laughs> but you know, the only thing I can do is continue to make sure that I yeah. keep my back strong. And it's just one of those moments where I'm like, oh, okay. Next time I go to the gym, I need to focus a little bit on my back because I refuse to be sidelined with back issues. Right. Maybe That's keeping your core right. nice and strong also is a way to is really helps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, you know, I work on that and I know that things are going to, there's going to be aches and pains as I get older, but I just am reminding myself that what I'm doing today is going to help me 20 years from Absolutely. now. Absolutely. And yeah. what I did 20 years ago helps me where I am today. Yeah. 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 And that's a yeah. good way to look at it. Yeah. And then when 20 years down the road, you'll... I've got to keep looking forward. you got to keep looking forward. That's, that's right. right. That's oh, I know. Right. Yeah. Well, we, my husband and I... Uh, finished 
dry January. Yeah, how I, was that? Well, we both we both did it, and we both did it all the way. I actually did it longer. I I don't think that I had a any little. I had like a half a glass of wine maybe on February fourth or something okay. like that. Okay, you know, because I actually like. I liked it a lot. Yeah. You noticed the I, difference I, yeah. in the way you felt? Yeah. I, I slept better. I um, just had more mental focus. Um, you know, just I, I just like it. So I I will continue. I mean, I'm, I've am i had a little bit of wine since then. It's been, yeah. what, a week right. now. Right. I think I've had maybe a, a, a glass and a half if you in total uh-huh, right. in the last seven days. So, you know, I'm just going to really be be um, present and thoughtful about how much I drink because I just do. I really feel better, and um, I just I don't want that habit in my life, you know. It's like you get home, and, I mean, my life right now is pretty darn stressful, and it would be a really easy thing for me to just flump back into get home and have my glass of wine. And I just, no, I'm going to do other things. Oh, good. You know, so. Good. Um, so, yeah. So, it for me, it's been great. And John and I had a really good month. And um, so, here we are. You know, it's really stressful here at this school. And in our, you know, our business life is pretty, it's pretty stressful. Right. But um, we'll get through it. Yeah. Or we won't. <laughs> I don't know. Well, and whatever tomorrow holds, you have the you have the tools. Your nearly sixty two years of life uh, right. have you have definitely you know picked up some tools along the way. Absolutely. Um, you know, with real life and therapy and mm-hmm. you know friends and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. There's all kinds of people and things and experiences that bring those tools into your life. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so yeah, I think we both. Um, we're both kind of in a similar place in terms of just kind of where we've been and where where we've landed. Right. And uh, we, you know, we have all, we could talk about the Christian thing ad nauseum, I think, for <laughs> every, the rest of the, the, our whole life. We could talk about it. And never talk about all the pain and no, toxicity yeah, yeah. that has been yeah. brought to us right. by that. But, but, I mean, I think... You and I, when we came to the table here this morning, it's like, you know, and, and what are, what's on both of our hearts, and that seems to be there again. And only this time, we we were talking about the language, right? which I don't know that we've ever really specifically talked about, no. you know, but... Um, so what are some of the, the phrases or, you know, platitudes mm-hmm. that you used to say all the time and didn't give it a second thought and honestly believed that you were yeah. speaking wisdom. Yeah. What are some of those things? That oh, maybe... just thing, things like, you know, praise the Lord. <laughs> right. Just, when I say it now, it sounds, I sound like a dork. <laughs> <laughs> praise, like someone would say something really good, like right. something, praise the Praise God. Right. Praise the Lord. <laughs> right. It just sounds so silly. Because it it's not that I don't mean that. But I I, I don't know what I would well, actually it, mean. I don't Yeah, I think that your <laughs> lens, I mean for me, my lens has changed. And so now instead of saying praise God, I would go Good for you. You know, that's awesome that you have used the talents and the gifts and yeah, the experiences yeah, yeah, yeah. that have been given you and you brought yourself to this place. Good for you. Right. But in but but 
in our previous life, if, because really we were only in that little circle, that's how everybody talked. Exactly. So you would say maybe to someone, well, praise God, he's just blessed you and you've given you and done it all through you. You didn't do a damn thing. God did it all. See, and that's the thing too. God has blessed you. I mean, now I look at it as like a duality of, you know, I, if I'm, if I'm going to expect some kind of miracle, I got to do my part in it. Right. It's not all God. There's, there's a, it's, I have to do something. I'm not to sit around and wait. I better get my ass up and do what I need to do so that something can happen. Right. That's how I see it more now. I mean, I know there are things that happen that are unexplainable, that I didn't do anything, and there's some kind of blessing. Or miracle. Or miracle, mm -hmm. you know. But um, I don't know. I, I find the, the Christian language and jargon triggering as now. she's doing scarecrow uh, quotes <laughs> yeah. by the way it's, you know, it's, it's, it's triggering for me when i you know and i mean and i do say to people i hope you have a blessed day that feels like a sincere thing to say it doesn't feel too christian christiany to say that word in that context hey man i hope you have a blessed day but what does Jesus say on the Sermon of the Mount, though? You know, he says, blessed are those who are persecuted mm -hmm. for righteousness sake, you know, for my sake. Blessed are those who, you know, mourn. Right. Blessed are those who, you know, so what Jesus was saying, and again, Jesus's words were not written until the very first words of his were put down on paper years, about a hundred years after his years. death. Years. Years after his death. Which means that there wasn't there were no scribes right. that were following him around. It's possible that Luke, his uh, you know, Luke the physician, who was one of his disciples, mm -hmm. may have been the only disciple who actually might have been able to read and write. Exactly, exactly. You know, but it wasn't <clears throat> common for people to read and write in those days, right. which is why there were rabbis and scribes and those kinds of people who whose job it was was to be educated and to write things, write down. things down. But it doesn't appear that anybody within Jesus's circle actually was a scribe, was writing things down, right. which means that stories were told and, and then told, told again and, and then told and retold. It, I mean, when the Bible says Jesus went up to Gethsemane by himself and prayed, God, if this cup can pass through me, well, how, how do you know that? He went up there by himself. Yeah, exactly. And and then you think that he came down and told you what he prayed to God? How do we know that that's what he prayed? I mean, these are the questions that these I are, ask. Yeah, and, that, and there's lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of those kinds of questions. Right. So Jesus, it seems to, in the Sermon of the Mount, if in fact that is transcribed, scribed and transcribed, um, correctly, what he's saying is that when you have challenges in your life, you are blessed. Mm -hmm. Blessed because you know the mercy of God. Mm -hmm. Blessed because you know the mercy of people. Right. And hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> and blessed because you know the mercy of your own strength. Mm -hmm. That's what makes you blessed, is not having a perfect, soft life. Right. A messy life. It's a messy life it's that a, brings it, the blessings. It's a messy life. And, yeah. you know, um, I'm going to tell this story. I have I have some very dear friends that I don't see often in, in the social environment. I see at church and things, and 
been friends for a long, long time, and and we are all Christians. Mm-hmm. I still actually refer to myself as a Christian. Um, and so uh, we went to their home the other night, and <clears throat> and again, I'm going to share the story, and this is not anything personally about my friends because I love them dearly, but it's just to, to say the disconnect that I feel from that, from that culture that I'm no longer really a part of anymore. Right. And how I, I stand now back and look in on it instead of being in it. Right. And so they had a program on TV and there was a, 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 a scene where they were in the Swiss Alps and there was a singer and there was a red piano it was actually Andre Bocelli which who I love right and uh, and it was him and he was in a white suit and there were snow-capped mountains and everybody was in a white outfit and the piano you know to get that piano up to the top of that hill was a bazillion dollars right. <laughs> A bazillion dollars, you know, you probably could have fed a small village somewhere. I mean, you know. <laughs> With the helicopter that you had to rent yeah, to drop I mean, that. Just, I don't even know how the hell they got it up there. Yeah. But, you know, I'm looking at this and I'm listening to this music and it's some kind of a hymn or something like that. And it was, it, it was beautiful. It really was. Because and, it was Andre Bocelli. And, of course it was yeah, beautiful. And, yeah, and, and, and his children were singing and the... The scenery. I mean, it was it was beautiful, but I, as I'm I'm watching this thing, and I'm just, and I'm almost angry. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I won't even say almost. I was. It makes me angry. It made me angry, and of course, I've had a whole therapy session after that to try to figure <laughs> out exactly why, <laughs> and I'll have more. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's because. God is messy. Being in the trenches of of life feels messy. It doesn't feel like it's a mountaintop with a red piano and everybody in a white gown. And I, that doesn't seem real to me. And even when I was in the, the culture all the time, I think I probably would have had a similar feeling, but not, but not, it wouldn't have made me angry. Like it made me the other night. Made me mad. And then we watched another program. And the host is a person that people know from the political world. And just his language of of praise the Lord and all all this stuff. And and, And my husband, who's not a Christian, was in the room. And it's like people who aren't in that don't even it's so unaccessible god is unattainable and unac- yeah unex- yeah is that the right word unaccessible yeah. to inaccessible, to, inaccessible yeah, 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 yeah. to people outside of the culture because they hear this language and and it doesn't make any sense and i remember it's like being in a room with people who only speak german and you have no yeah. idea what they're saying yeah. and because it doesn't connect it, to you at all right yeah and, and i know uh, we went to a church, and there's a lot of churches, and I really actually liked this this concept, and I think that there are churches that still do this, and, and part of their kind of philosophy is is to not use churchy language, 
to not use those little phraseologies that only the little clicky of Christians understand or say. We call it Christianese. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and they make a point to talk normal right. and, and to use the, the, the Bible version called the message. A lot of them would use that because it's more layman's talk. It's not mm. thee and thou and all the stuff that's inaccessible to a person who, you know, doesn't know anything. Right. <clears throat> and I don't know. I... I even, but even in that, there it's like, I just want the real thing, whatever that even is. And, and I don't believe that it's Andre Bocelli on the top of a mountain in a white suit. Well, it feels very it, manipulative. It, it, it does. It feels like it's trying to bring you to an artificial place. And, you know, and, and when you look back at, at our church experience, there's always yeah. a quest for that mountaintop experience. Yeah. And, you know, addicts, I mean, think about how close the church experience is to the life of an, of an addict and to an addiction. You know, when you're an addict, you the first time you ever do a drug or the first time you get, you know, you drink alcohol and you love it, then you're always chasing that first high. Yeah. And you know, especially things like meth and heroin, you have to do more and more and more and more mm -hmm. in order to get to that place that you were yeah. at the very beginning of your high. That's true. And how is this any different? It's like in, in, in Christianity, they're always trying to take you to the mountaintop. Right. You're always chasing yeah, you're, that you're really... high instead of living an authentic, real, messy life. And, and maybe there are little moments that feel like the top of that mountain with Andre Bocelli where something wonderful happens or something amazing happens. There probably are. I mean, I, I could probably honestly say that I've had some of those kinds of experiences. Yeah. They're a little, but they're few and far between. They're, they're moments. You know, it's not attainable all the time to just... It's like walking around with a constant orgasm. That yeah. would get very... <laughs> that would eventually drive you nuts. wanting to live a life in a state of a constant orgasm. <laughs> How is that okay? Okay, I'm done. <laughs> well, I was listening, I've been listening to this podcast um, uh, by Ram Dass. Okay, yeah. And, and um, I, I'm just really, really enjoying listening to him talk. And he talks about all of this, and he talks about his life where he used psychedelic drugs all the time because they wanted, you know, to attain th that high, that heightened, you know, consciousness. Right, right, right. Right? And, and he talked about meeting, like, a guru guy, and I, and I don't recall the man's name, but a, a man who was very, very, very spiritually connected and deep and, you know, kind of there, whatever there is. <laughs> and he said that he gave this man like a shit ton of acid. Oh, wow. Of LSD. Right, right. And and the guy took it. And, and he said that he just 
you know, w waited for, for something to happen. Like this guy was going to go on some crazy trip and it had absolutely no effect on him because he was already there. Oh. He was already there. He was right. already in the consciousness state of... A higher consciousness. A higher uh -huh. consciousness. And so the LSD had no effect on him. Oh. So, so maybe if, if that's true, you know, maybe the mountaintop thing can't, is attainable. I mean, and I think, you know, Ram Dass talks about Christ consciousness mm -hmm. and talks about, you know, where Christ was and, and that he was in like a higher state of consciousness and that um, there is this mysticism thing to Jesus that the Christian culture is doesn't want to go there. They don't they don't want to go there because the minute you start talking mystical language, then now it's Satan and the devil and blah blah blah. When really there is a level of mysticism to all the things that Jesus said and did. Right. You know, and when he says that you can attain this too, I mean, he says that to his followers. You you will do this and more. Right. Right? right so right, what right. does that mean? Right. Well, so um, I, I know that there's, there's, a, there's a specific church that's up in Northern California that does a lot of, that has produced a lot of Christian nationalists. I know which church you're talking about. And... It's it's really done a lot of damage to I think the the Christian faith, even though they have a great deal of pride in what they're doing, and because that scripture, you will do what I have done and more. Mm -hmm. um, they believe that they will raise people from the dead because Jesus said, "You will do what I have done and more," right. and so they believe that. Right. And there was a few years ago, and I, I think that we've even talked about this, but there was I, a few years ago mm -hmm. a little girl that passed away. She was just three years old or something, and they prayed for five or six days for her to be raised from the dead. And the whole time I was watching this story unfold, I thought she was on life support. And I'm like, how great would it be if yeah. she if she did? Absolutely. You know, that would be amazing. Yeah. You know, if she all of a sudden woke up. Yeah. But you know what? She wasn't on life support. The whole time they were praying for her, she was in the morgue. And they wouldn't bury her. What would have happened if she woke up inside the thing? <laughs> I don't know. Were they I don't know. Let me out of here. I don't know. <laughs> But it's just, be, be, but because they have completely mis, they have misinterpreted, and and you know the the those teachings, and you know, I, I think that Jesus, what was Jesus? He was according to what we know, according to what we've been told by these ancient stories, is that he was a servant. Yeah, yeah. And I think that when it comes to us doing what he did and more. It's that we're called to be servants. And I don't mean just a servant on Sunday when we go to church and right. wash somebody's feet, which right. I've been a part of a religious tradition that did that. You know, wash the feet. Mm -hmm. I remember in the 80s, you know, and 70s, washing the feet of women with pantyhose on. It was all very weird. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, if when we serve others... Mm -hmm. Miracles happen. Yeah. 
miracles happen. Absolutely. And I think that that's what we're called to do. And, you know, pride is a bucket of water that puts out the flames of humility. And the more prideful we get in our faith, our, our standing in, in Christ, the less uh, humble we become. Yeah. And the less humble we are, the less likely we are to be a part of miracles. Simple, plain and simple. That's what I think Jesus's teachings were all about. Yeah, I agree. And I also think that there's, there's an, another level to it of, of understanding that I, I really do think that Jesus was saying that we are all one and we are all connected. Yeah. And that, you know, we're not human doings, we're human beings. And I know that from my own self, and I, and I, it's, it's interesting because I'm listening to Ram Dass and it's, connect, it's connecting me to Jesus and who he was and how he, how I imagine him walking around on this planet um, that I fall into, I have to do all this stuff and, and instead of just sitting with my own self and, and being. being me. And I think that there is this, a level of, of, I'll say Christianity and Christian mysticism mm -hmm. that we all, we, we miss the boat because, because there's this scary place of, you know, Christians aren't supposed to meditate because then you're going to access, you know, the, the dark side and all this stuff that we're taught that I, I was taught. I don't know if other people got those kinds of teaching, but I'm just going to say that I did. I was taught you can't go to yoga. You can't meditate. You can't read anything else from any other spiritual teachers because Jesus is the only way and the only da da da. And it's all the rest of it is bad. Well, we came of age and had our children during the age, during the height of the most recent satanic panic. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what we were yeah. taught. We were scared straight, yeah. if you will. Yeah. All, <laughs> you know? it's, it's all bad. Yeah. Everything else is bad. And, and, you know, I think that's what I'm so pissed off about. I really do. If, if I can, tr if I can, you know, I mean, I... <laughs> I do. I have a therapist. Well, we, we all know that. I've said that many times. But I, I, I mean, I've had many, many sessions with him about this topic. And I think that that's what makes me so mad. And I feel like I've missed out. Me too. Me missed too. out on beautiful teachings from Judaism and Hinduism and Islam. And right. all, all the religious traditions on this planet have beautiful wonderful truths right. that all really lead to the same place if if we can open our minds and hearts to that you and, know and what does christianity teach you though it teaches you that you and and uh, there's many faithful uh, traditions that don't teach this but christianity teaches you that you are born bad born bad 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 You're born bad right and so you need a savior not that you are born with your gifts and talents and the tools to right. start living you know right. producing That's exactly right no you're taught to be completely submissive yeah, and you're taught to feel like a piece of shit, shit all the time yeah yes and and so i'm just i i don't want to 
I can't sit back anymore and, and listen to that. So when your friends were putting on these videos, mm -hmm. do, did they explain to you what their motivation was? Just or? The, it was mainly the music. They just wanted to show me the music because we all love music. Right. Which is great. And, and actually, all the music that I heard was beautiful. Right. So I have... It was just the context of it. But they also know that you've been on this deconstruction journey. I don't know if they understand it. And, and I, so when I was over there, I said to the husband, I said, you know, I said, I love all this music you guys have shown you. I said, but I've got to be honest that watching these programs and hearing the, the, the language that the hosts and the different people use feels it doesn't feel accessible to me it feels like you have to be in the little club to to understand and to be even and even receive the beauty of what they're talking about right because otherwise you're just on the outside and and actually the husband said yeah you know i can see because jesus's message was for everybody and i said it what it it is and to me this this limits it. This, Absolutely. You know, and it's, I don't know. Absolutely. Uh, I, I'm, just, I'm still trying to, I'm, I'm still at this war in, in my belly over this thing uh, and where I'm going to land, right. you know. Well, and my husband and I are in that same place, that same place of pushing and pulling and, you know, and he said to me last night, he said, I have never ever met a Christian who has apologized or taken responsibility for the way they have hurt people. Never once have wow. I heard that from a Christian. And he said, and, and so that just wow. rattled around in my head, just rattled around. Ooh. And I just thought, you know why? Because all we are taught is that we are forgiven. Mm -hmm. And once we accept Jesus, we are perfect in his sight. So we and can just do whatever we want to right. anybody because God's going to forgive us. Exactly. And we have lost our perspective. We have lost our focus on Jesus, the servant, the manservant, mm -hmm. who took responsibility and took, I mean, if you believe what that he actually died for us, then he took the ultimate responsibility and now we can what just sit back and 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 be shitheads right I mean you know it's just really difficult for me and we I had a conversation with a family member a couple of weeks ago who contacted me and got her spouse on the phone as well so that the two of them could be on the phone with me which I just thought was so uh, <laughs> anyway anyway I don't even know but um I said something that hurt her. And I said something thoughtless. Now, you know what's funny about our words is that you don't know. Mm -mm. Just like you had this experience with your friends and the, and, the, and the videos, you don't know if a word is going to offend somebody. Right. Because you don't necessarily know somebody else's experience. Exactly. Right? So I made a comment. Uh, she had she had said something, and I gave a snarky remark to it because I was not happy with what she had said. So I made a snarky remark. And instead of her addressing that snarky remark, you know, she waited on it and then decided to address me, right, with 
her spouse on the, on the other line, which was just, anyway. And so I found myself in a place where I had to apologize, even though it was her initial words that triggered me and my snarky mm -hmm. remark, right? Gotcha. And I found myself in a place where I needed to apologize. And so in the course of conversation, I took the opportunity to say, let me just say that your remark was the straw that broke the camel's back for me. And for 20 years, I have been in this situation where this, 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 mm -hmm, and this has mm -hmm. happened. And so when you made this, that comment, I, it was the straw I that react, broke the, I, I react. reacted, mm -hmm. I reacted not from that comment, mm -hmm. but from 20 years. Right. And so I'm going to apologize for reacting over 20 years of nonsense, right? Her response was, you need to keep short accounts, which means you need to not remember what that was said yesterday or day before yesterday or last year or whatever. You need to be in a constant state of forgiving, right? I, 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 don't, I don't, that would be impossible to well, not remember things that hurt you. Exactly, exactly. And, what, and I have been in enough therapy <laughs> where I know that when somebody tells you to keep short accounts, to be in an, uh, you know, an active state of forgiveness, that that's abuser language. Mm -hmm. Now, not always, not all people who talk that way are abusive, of course, but it is abuser language. I've never even heard that phrase. Yeah. My Be short accounts. Yeah. I've never heard that yeah. before. Keep short accounts. But I mean, it makes sense what you're saying. I Yeah. And I so my, my ex-husband, to whom I was married for two and a half years only, and was he was extremely abusive, but that that's what he used to say, is you need to be more forgiving. You need to keep short accounts. I married a Christian woman, and you're not behaving like a Christian woman. As he would hold me up against the wall and try to cast demons out of me and beat me, that kind of a thing. Sure. You need to keep short accounts, right? So a therapist will tell you that keep short accounts or be in a constant state of forgiveness is what abusers say to keep you under their thumb, yeah, yeah. to keep manipulating you. Um, a therapist would teach you to look for the patterns and then believe them, mm -hmm. right? Look for the patterns of behavior and believe them. Right. Just like Maya Angelou said, yeah. you know, listen to what a person says the first time and believe them, right. you know? Right. And they, people will tell you who they are. Yeah. And, Absolutely you know. Absolutely they will. <laughs> and, and they will also, there's also room for change and growth. And I know that things I said and did before, I, I sometimes just cringe. So do I. At oh. some of the stupid things I said. Me too. Me too. With or, the best of intentions. Yep. yep. Oftentimes. Absolutely. And sometimes not. Sometimes out of anger. Sometimes out of frustration. Sometimes out of sadness or disappointment. Mm -hmm. But absolutely, I have been an absolute jerk at times. Absolutely. And so I would love the opportunity to be able to ask your forgiveness but I would also love to be given the grace to grow and change. Right. And so while I believe that, you know, believe what something says and, you know, listen to what somebody says about them and believe them the and first believe time. Believe the first time. You know, I yeah. also recognize that there is room for growth. But when you talk to somebody about a pattern of behavior 
that for 20 years has led you to all of a sudden snap. Yeah. You know, and the response is, oh, no, this is your problem. Right. You need to keep short accounts. Not, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I had no idea that I was affecting you this way. Right, 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 right. And my husband thinks that this is a Christian response mm -hmm. because we live in this place where we are forgiven. Mm -hmm. I think that the embrace of Trump is is comes from that place, that place of we are the chosen. We are forgiven. What what we want is what God wants. Yeah, exactly. As opposed to, oh, you know what? Paul gave us a list of the fruits of the Spirit. <laughs> yeah. And if somebody's not producing those fruits, maybe they're not connected to the tree. You Make know? You think? <laughs> <laughs> and so it's just all very convoluted and confusing. And, it is. And I just want to keep moving forward and keep growing. But I'm telling you, if I have conversations with people who demand an apology from me mm -hmm. and won't give an apology to me, you know, they want it from me but not to me, Yeah. then that's a relationship I can't be a part of. Yeah. The, the, the sound of the microphone just changed and I didn't touch oh. a thing, so I don't know if our listeners will hear that or not. Well, if something changed, we apologize, but you know what? We're about to wrap up anyway. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, it, that was very odd. Okay. Maybe it was a sign. <laughs> that it's time to wrap up. <laughs> you know what, Deb? I am, I just want you to know how grateful I am for you. I'm, I'm grateful for your authenticity. Thank you. I'm grateful for the fact that you have put together a community choir full of misfit toys <laughs> and fully formed humans. Yeah. You know what I mean? I it's, do. It's a, that's what we all are. Yeah. It's a place where we can all come together and learn from each other mm -hmm. and support one another. And, you know, I talked about how supportive everybody was when my, my mother-in-law did an art show and then passed away. And just knowing that she was that this community of people who never met her and now never will meet her right. still supported her yeah, and they, supported. They, they showed up. They showed up. Yeah. And you know, isn't that all we want is for people to show yeah, up? I think it pretty much is. And I don't think that we need all this gobbledygook around it, you know. No. In fact, I, I put something on social media the other day. Let me just, because it just fits so perfectly. I said... If you're somebody who wants to tell people to rely on God, then be somebody who stays in the room when somebody is going through crisis. Yeah. Because every time we go through crisis and people leave us, mm -hmm. it hardwires our brain to believe that in times of crisis, you're alone. We're alone. So if you want to be somebody that says rely on God, then be somebody on whom others can rely yeah. because you are helping to rewire the brain to trust mm -hmm. and to turn not only to people, but to God himself. Yeah, that's right. Well, with that, that's a great closer. So we love you guys and um, 
And we are here for you. Yeah. I don't care what your and, junk and, is. Bring it to us. And what what number of podcasts is this? Oh my gosh. I like, don't I don't know. Like I think it's ninety eight. We're really close to one hundred. We're people, really close. So we're trying to figure out something fun to do on podcast number one. That would be awesome. So Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. See you next time. Yeah, see you next time.